You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Let's dive into a brand new episode. Before we get started on this episode, here's a not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed here. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 25 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. Steve isn't nor does he offer any legal advice. For any legal advice, you must speak with a lawyer. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon. Just go to Amazon and search for author Steve Worsley. You can also take Steve's courses on Udemy or Skillshare, and you can find out more about those at cnccontractorservices.com. Now, let's get to the episode. Hello, hello. You're listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with myself, Steve Worsley. Today is episode 231. So tomorrow's Halloween. Hope uh, all of you are going to go do something fun. For those of you that have little ones, I hope Hope they're all ready to go trick-or-treating and you're ready to take all their candy away. So I say that, but uh, when I had little ones, I, well, first and foremost, we usually had to get Halloween costumes last minute because I wasn't very good at uh, doing what I was supposed to do. And then uh, as far as the candy, I, I told them that I had to go through their candy to make sure, you know, there was nothing poisonous, but I usually went through it because I wanted to get what I liked. So anyhow, I hope all of you are doing well. Uh, November's going to be here before we know it, and geez, before we know it, it's going to be 2024. So anyhow, today's episode 231, and today's topic is identifying toxic mold growth. This is a kind of a difficult subject, and I say kind of. Um, for me, it doesn't seem like it should be that difficult, but I'm in some Facebook groups, and one of them is called Identifying Mold or Mold Identification. Not sure, for sure, I can't remember, but anyhow... It's simple to me, but a lot of people post pictures of things and they're like, is this mold? And, you know, the group is only for mold identification. I follow it just because I like to follow different groups, see what people are talking about, what different methods of mold mitigation are, identification, stuff like that. But I guess my point is, is for me, it's easy. Um, And we're going to get into that as far as identifying mold. And I don't say it's easy because I'm a microbiologist and I know how to identify it. It's easy for me because I'm just an indoor air quality specialist. So if I want to know if something is mold, we obviously test for it and we send it to a lab. 
and they tell us if it's mold. So I guess my point is, is it's, it's a difficult subject because a lot of people, you know, want to post a picture. They'll send me a picture, email me a picture, text, whatever way they send it to me. And they want to say, hey, Steve, is this mold? And I give the same answer every time. And I always say the only way to know for sure is to take a sample and send it off to a lab. Is it my way of trying to make money? No. A lot of my clients are not even in Utah or Wyoming. So, you know, I'm referring them to different mold specialists. Has nothing to do, you know, with making you pay. I'm just not a microbiologist. And so for legal and liability reasons, I can't just look at something and go, yeah, that's mold. If I see something and, you know, we can see the water stains and we know it's mold, obviously I can say to you, yeah, that definitely looks like mold, but I can't guarantee it. I guess my point is, is yeah, I can go do a mold inspection and I can look at it and I can take pictures and close-ups and I know it's mold, but depending on the circumstances, and this is where I say it's difficult, I have to legally, so I don't get sued, I have to take a sample. Um, obviously, if it's visible mold, we can do a tape lift and or I can do a bulk sample, which a bulk sample would be let's say it's on insulation or it's a piece of sheetrock, I can actually cut a piece of that, put it in a Ziploc, and we send that to a lab. And I guess my point is, is until I have a lab that tells me that, yes, that's mold, and they can tell me the mold types, I always call it suspected mold or substance. Um, and I, I kind of got off track a little bit because that's not really... <laughs> I kind of explained it in a way that you're like, okay, so what's the point of this podcast? He already told us. I just want to go through some things and explain different things because a lot of people, let's say I'm on site, I find visible mold. We all know it's mold. Then I get asked, is it toxic mold? That's where we really get down into rabbit holes. But to backtrack a little bit, let's define toxic mold. Mold can be classified in three different categories, and I don't talk about this as much as I should, but there's three different categories, allergenic, pathogenic, and toxigenic. Toxigenic obviously means they can produce mycotoxins. Pathogenic means it can create like an infection, and then allergenic literally can be treated with antihistamines. It's just an allergy, and the type of allergy, you know, there's, there's some people that are allergic to peanuts and it gives them a rash, there's people that it could kill them. So I want to be clear with allergies. It's not, and I, I hear this all the time, oh, you know, you're probably just allergic to mold. That's why it's making you sick. No, mold sickness is way different than an allergy to mold. An allergy to mold, you might get a stuffy nose, watery eyes, runny nose, cough, whatever. You take an antihistamine, you can take Claritin, and it goes away. That's easy to manage. That's easy to, to, to really look at and go, yeah, that's allergenic. If you have toxic mold exposure and it has produced mycotoxins and mycotoxins are in your body, it's going to make you really sick. Taking an antihistamine is not going to help. So I want to be clear with all you listeners out there. There's a huge difference between a toxic mold that makes you sick, mold sickness, versus an allergy. I know I kind of went down a fairly deep hole with that, but you just remember you have three different classifications, allergenic, pathogenic, and toxigenic. Now, there are mold types because you have, and I'm not a, you know, science guy, microbiology guy. There are different mold types that when you get down into the subspecies, that's how I classify it. 
that they can be classified as a pathogenic mold and then they could produce mycotoxins. And my point is, let's just say a common mold type is aspergillus and or penicillium and you 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 have it in the air, it's can it, it's typically classified as an allergenic mold. Now it gets complicated because aspergillus and penicillium and a lot of people call it aspen because the the labs classify it in the same category. Anyhow, those are associated with wet building materials. If you have just that common mold type, yes, you can call it an allergenic mold, but they can be known to be pathogenic and toxigenic. So don't just assume that you have a common mold type in your home. Just don't assume that it's not capable of creating mycotoxin. That's where it gets very difficult when we start talking about those. So just keep that in mind. You know, they, someone could tell you, oh, that's just an allergenic mold. That doesn't mean that it can't make you sick. And it doesn't mean that it cannot produce mycotoxins. Once again, those, those types of testing, that's where you get into the ermine hurts me testing. You know, that's PCR testing. That's DNA based testing. It's very complicated. So that's why I say that this is a difficult subject. Keep in mind, once again, that let's say a cladosporium, it can be classified in two different categories. So just because it's pathogenic or the lab says it is, doesn't mean that it, it can't be toxigenic. How do you identify mold? I kind of explained that earlier. It's pretty clear from my point of view. I'm not a microbiologist. I can't look at it and on paper say, yes, that's mold. Now, how would I classify it if I'm on an inspection and I'm at your house and I'm down in your crawl space and I see what I believe is to be mold, there's probably going to be water stains. There's going to be evidence of moisture intrusion. Maybe it's the subfloor below a toilet, a sink. Maybe it's around a water heater. There's going to be something that's going to elevate the humidity for the mold to grow. What's it going to look like? Well, it depends on what kind of mold is growing. Black mold, which is stachybotrys, which most people classify as toxic mold, it's not necessarily black in color. One thing I want to be clear with all you listeners is viable mold growth, meaning it's alive, thriving, reproducing, growing, expanding, whatever terminology you want to use. Viable versus non-viable is, in my opinion, very very clearly looked at and said, yeah, that's viable or no, that's not viable. Meaning you can look at it and say, yeah, that's viable mold growth. It would be humid in there. It'd be nice and fuzzy. It'd have growth on it like you would see on mold on your bread. Now, if you have mold on your bread or cheese and it's in the fridge, it's in the package, whatever it's in, it's all nice and fluffy. It has texture to it. You know, if it's on your cheese, it's probably green. Anyhow, if you take that, let's whatever container that that cheese or the bread is in plastic bag if you open that bag and you have viable mold growth on that bread if you open that bag you're going to drop the humidity inside the bag and it's going to go from a viable mold growth infestation to non-viable some people will call it dead mold i don't ever call mold dead uh, mold is like your grass it goes into a dormant state so you can either call it viable versus non-viable, dormant versus alive, uh, however you want to classify it. But going back to looking at it, viable mold growth, and it's once again hard to explain when you're, when you're doing a podcast, it's very clearly, like I said, it's got texture to it, it's raised up, it's 
kind of fluffy looking. It's very clearly viable mold growth. When it goes to a non-viable state, it obviously dries up. And depending on the mold type and what it's growing on, that will determine what color it is. So just because it's not black in color doesn't mean it's not black mold stachybotrys. And the reason I wanted to explain that is a lot of times, you know, when we get pictures or I get pictures sent to me of mold growth, you know, a lot of times we'll see viable mold growth. And when I see that, just think about your bread and it's, you know, the bag's closed up. I see viable mold growth and I'm like, man, that's bad. Like the reason I say that is it is alive, it's thriving, and it's expanding. The mold infestation's getting bigger and bigger if it's viable mold growth. Like I said earlier, the one thing that it has to have is 60% humidity. So you take that humidity away, meaning with the mold on your bread, you open the package. Not only does the bread dry out, so does the mold. And it no longer has that humidity to feed it to grow. It dries out. So that's the difference between viable mold growth and non-viable. But if it is viable and you're sending me a picture of that, I'm getting red flag after red flag. And I'm saying, hey, this is pretty bad. You got to find out what's causing that and fix it. So when it comes to mold infestation in your home, let's just say it's down in your crawl space. It tells me the humidity's high. And when I say high, it's over 50%. We want to figure out how to lower that humidity. And that's the first thing you want to do. So anyhow, going back to how do you identify mold, that's how you can look at it. You can see, you know, we can do a moisture test on, say, the floor joists, the sheetrock, the insulation, whatever it's growing on. If we have 60% humidity or higher when it comes to moisture content, depending on what, what material it is, you know, if it's sheetrock, we shouldn't see probably any higher than about 12%. Um, for wood, like floor joists, you know, 8 to 10%. Anyhow, that's how we can look at it and say, yeah, this is probably mold. So one thing I want to explain, going back to the reason why I don't just look at something on an inspection or in a picture you send me, you know, via email, the reason I don't say, yep, that's mold, there are things like just discoloration. Um, there could be you know, the wood got wet before they installed it. So maybe, you know, when the contractor was building the home, the wood got wet, it just didn't get dried out very quickly. And maybe there's discoloration. There also could be, which, you know, hopefully it doesn't happen, but while the wood is sitting on site before the framers, you know, frame the walls or set the floor joists or the trusses, a piece of machinery can run over it. And so that's black. That discoloration could have nothing to do with mold and it's just something that I would call discoloration, but it could have been a piece of equipment ran over. It could be smudged with a framing hammer, a nail, or a hose, pneumatic tool hose. I mean, it could be anything. That's why I'm very careful, and most mold specialists, we don't just say, yep, that's mold without sending it to a lab. Going back to, you know, how would we identify it as mold? We look at other things. And that's why, not to get off on a tangent here, but when I talk about mold testing, that's why I'm very clear. You have to have a full inspection. If you don't, it doesn't answer enough things for me. And, you know, other contractors might be different. 
but we want a whole picture because if if you send me a picture of something and I go, well, I'm not really sure if that's mold, maybe it's discoloration. You know, I look at things like, okay, where is this? What type of material is it on? If it's on something like concrete, I'm not concerned about mold. Mold's not sustainable. Not that it can't be on concrete, but it's not sustainable. So, you know, there's just a lot of other factors we have to look at. Going back to, you know, that's how I, on a mold inspection, would identify the mold and say, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's mold. You probably should jump to the next step. The next question that I get asked all the time is, you know, when I respond to you and say, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's mold, but you should send it to a lab. The next question is, is, well, is it toxic mold? Once again, going back into all the colors, it's hard because, you know, a common mold type like penicillium, it's like a blue green mold, kind of the color of the mold that's on bread and cheese. Stachybotrys, yes, it is a darker mold color, but it's more of a a brownish, dark brownish. It's not necessarily black. So that's where we get into, well, is that black mold? Is it stachybotrys? Is it even mold? Is it discoloration? That's why I don't like to say, yep, that's toxic mold. So to answer the question, when somebody asks me, well, is it toxic mold? I respond with, the only way we would know is we have to do either a bulk sample or a tape lift. But then... I'm very clear that, you know, what, what's toxic mold? Once again, three different categories, allergenic, pathogenic, and toxigenic. Toxic mold is not just one mold type. And when I say that, what I mean is, is there's not only one mold that can produce mycotoxins. So you have to know, you have to test for it. You got to send it off to a lab. You also have to understand mold affects every one of us differently. There could be mold types that make me sick, but they don't make my wife sick. There could be mold types that wouldn't make me sick, but could make my child sick. So that's what you have to remember when we're talking about mold. It doesn't have to be stachybotrys, the toxic mold is how it's referred to, black mold, to make you sick. Keep that in mind when you're trying to identify something, whether it's mold or not, don't just look at it and say, nope, it's, it's not, it's not black. It's too light. See, it's green. It's white. It's blue, green, whatever. It's not black mold. So it's not toxic. Don't do that because first and foremost, it's really hard to identify those mold types unless you have a microscope. And also you don't know if the person you're telling, nope, that's not making you sick. You don't really know unless you do medical testing, if they haven't been exposed to mycotoxin. To kind of wrap everything up, don't just assume that because it's not dark or black that it's not making you sick. Any mold types can make anybody sick. If they're common mold types, they still can make you sick. You could have an allergy to it. But on the other hand, toxic mold sickness or mold sickness, it is not an allergy and it's not going to present the same symptoms. And when I say it's not, it mold sickness is, I mean, it'll give you brain fog. I mean, it can do, you know, short-term memory loss, long-term memory loss. Like there's a lot of things it can do to you, it can make you really sick. If you're just allergic, yeah, you're going to be uncomfortable, but you can take some Claritin and you'll be fine. So be careful looking at a mold and just jumping to conclusions and saying, nope, that's not mold, or yes, it is, or yeah, that's mold, but it's white, so it's not making you sick. If you can see that mold, let's just say it's up in an attic, 
maybe the only mold you can see is, you know, white or a blue green color. You could have below the insulation where you can't see or on the backside of a wall, you could have toxic mold, meaning stachybotrys. So just keep that in mind. I appreciate all of you listening. Our audience just, it's doing really well. I'm working on a YouTube channel. Hopefully I'm going to get that wrapped up quickly. As all of you know, I don't, I'm not real uh, computer savvy. So uh, the, the, the YouTube channel, the only thing we have is the Dr. Fox interview. But I'm going to start doing a, an episode that I release. I'm not sure the cadence, but it's going to be very informational like this podcast. But obviously there'll be pictures and whatnot. So anyhow, but our our audience is growing and it's it couldn't happen without all of you. So I appreciate you listening. If you know somebody that seems to be sick all the time, fatigued, uh, irritable, and they're not sure why and the doctors are telling them, no, it's all in your head, refer them to the podcast. Obviously, I'm not a medical doctor, but I try to give you the information and educate you so that you can, you know, make informed decisions and go to, you know, whether you switch to go to a holistic doctor or functional medicine. Listening to this podcast, obviously, that's my goal is to educate you. So if you know somebody that could really benefit from this, from the Toxic Mold podcast, please refer them to this. You can listen to it. You know, you're already listening to it, but you can tell them on iTunes. We have SoundCloud, uh, Spotify. So there's different platforms that they can listen to it on. So do me a favor and just refer a few of your friends. Once again, this was episode 231. Thanks for listening and have a safe Halloween tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode. Make sure you go to our website at cnccontractorservices.com and sign up for the Mold Investigation Checklist. Again, go to cnccontractorservices.com and get your free Mold Investigation Checklist today. You can also, on cnccontractorservices.com, find out more about Steve's courses and books and consultations. Once again, go to cnccontractorservices.com.